Welcome back to Problem Solver Politics. I am your host, Cardin Ellis, with Cody the Oracle. Hey, everybody. And there has been a lot of talk about UBI from AOC and Tulsi Gabbard and so on and so forth. And we've avoided do a, doing a video on this topic until we had a little bit more details and honestly a little bit more buy-in, not just whimsical and flippant statements from various politicians on certain venues. But now, over the past two or three days, a call to instant not instigate, but... Um, integrate some kind of what many are calling UBI has been on the tip of many people's tongues. And we've got a lot of news articles with some actual details that we can get into about this UBI. And it's very interesting, the response of the public. And it really does uh, make me remember, like, it was yesterday, Andrew Yang, Cody, when he said, if I don't win this thing, whoever does will start sounding a lot like me, right? Now, um, I don't see Joe Biden out there campaigning a ton for it, but a lot of other people, interestingly enough, a lot of Republicans too, uh, seem to me uh, uh, seem to be decrying what some were mislabeling UBI that was actually a stimulus, but now there's actually talk of making it permanent. So uh, without any further ado, Cody, please give us some details. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, uh, well, to your point, basically what we're talking about here is right now with the, I guess now it's a global pandemic currently underway. No. Um, we're seeing, especially in states like this with the coronavirus in California, New Jersey, New York for the last few days. Um, there's, of course, the health risks, but the other massive impact this is having on the economy and something that I guess we'll start off with this. Andrew Yang has been very um, aware of from the beginning. Uh, let me get this tweet up for you guys. But what we're seeing here, here we go. This, and I was going to try to sum it up myself, but I think Andrew does a much better job than I can right here. And he says, the problem is not today, though today is not great. It's two weeks from now and four weeks from now, eight weeks from now, 12 weeks from now. Think about the situations millions of families on the financial precipice will be in at each point in time unless something big is done. And what he's referring to is, I mean, I can speak. Anyone watching this video is probably, what, one or two degrees separated from someone who's been laid off or lost their job. I mean, I know some, I know a lot of people working in food and travel. Immediately, they've been laid off for a week, man. They're just like, oh, yeah. we don't have these careers. Like, these are no longer jobs. So... Yeah. What's happening is we're seeing, and it's it's kind of funny. It's funny is the wrong way of putting it, but it's sadly ironic, right? Andrew Ding has always talked about this idea of we're going to lose jobs and see them have to get replaced. Something's going to happen. He thought it was automation. We thought it was automation. Yeah, dude, I I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling when it, when doors open again and these restaurants and these bars and we'll see. I'm assuming it's going to be electronic stores and books. Eventually, it's going to go down the line. They will have to force close everything to try and contain this. They're not going to just, like, first of all, not all those restaurants open back up again. Not every business has a six-month fund to just get by. Yeah. So that's another reason why they're talking about government. But even then, not people aren't going to have, not everyone gets their job back, right? Even if your your bar or whatever does reopen, there's no, they don't have to rehire you. Maybe they don't have enough money. Maybe they have to smart, start with a smaller crew. So what Andrew Yang is talking, that's what he's talking about here, is think about, yeah, four weeks from now, People probably still have maybe maybe some savings left and maybe stores are starting to reopen, but it doesn't mean you get a job again. It doesn't mean that that like the the this notion that after this global pandemic subsides, the economy just snapped back and corrects is is kind of crazy. So anyway, to that point, we have seen a couple of different politicians propose. Now you were saying a lot of people are floating around what essentially is a stimulus, which is something, by the way, in the crash of two thousand eight. Uh, yeah. George W. Bush did have, a, like you said, an economic yeah. stimulus, so it's not unprecedented. But but, but the, the results were lackluster. I remember this very well because I got it. I was over 18 years old at the time, and we got a $600 check. And he famously said, now go out and be a good American and spend your money. 
Uh, most people, however, just end up paying down credit card debt. I, I don't remember the exact statistics because it's been over a decade, but I, I do remember reading in the Wall Street Journal um, how much of a failure it was. It provided a little bit of relief from stress of those minimum payments, but but by and large, it ended up being a stimulus package for all the credit card companies because the vast majority of people just paid down existing debt that they had because it wasn't a consistent thing. You know, your your mindset of scarcity is going to think, okay, I'm just going to put this towards a large debt. So it ended up being a great boon for the credit card companies, big payday for them, but it didn't actually provide the stimulus that we thought it would because people still weren't unstressed. As Andrew Yang famously said, you have to get the boot off somebody's neck before they start acting, you know, in a less stressed manner or making those bad choices. So, um, yeah, oftentimes I think people just cause they hear the thousand bucks a month attached to some kind of time period. That's more than one month. They think all of a sudden it's universal basic income. And I, I don't know that, that, that to me, that's something different. If it's short term, it's not income. It's just a gift. It's just a stimulus. Does that make sense? Well, I'm sorry. To your point, I want to get now to actually the news today. Yeah. Is. So yeah. the news today is that Mitt Romney and a couple other politicians have signed onto a bill that would be a one-time, I believe, $1,000 stimulus to Americans. This article I'm pulling up is from BuzzFeed News. I like the, the uh, what is it? The lead there is pretty funny. A rare Mitt Romney-Andrew Yang alliance. Uh, but yeah. part of the reason why I want to point that, that lead as well, and I'll do some more digging. I'm pretty sure I've read like four or five articles in this bill, and yes, it is a stimulus. It's about $1,000 a month. Now again, there's nothing to say that if I always hope like it would people I, I always kind of have this 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 a joke when people like theory craft like weird stuff yeah. that could happen with laws and stuff like that's why there's a jury and a judge like I guess you could well wouldn't this technically not be a crime it's like yeah explain it to a judge and a jury so I think like you could probably maybe technically say well we passed a stimulus once but I would hope the government would have to you know, there'd be the judge and the jury that sit back and say, okay, but the first one wasn't enough. We need a second. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because speaking of, you know, it's coming back for their next stimulus already. Health so, insurance companies. Yeah. They need another billion dollars in the federal government. They're asking for it this morning. So there's a lot of people asking for this money, but that's a couple of things I wanted to go through in this article. So they say that well, um, this they are saying is going through 2021. Okay, but they say, uh, yeah. Utah Senator Mitt Romney is a plan he thinks can help give every adult in the U.S. $1,000. Every American adult should immediately re receive $1,000 to help ensure families and workers can meet their short-term obligations and increase spending in the economy. Uh, again, this... This current, this current call from Romney seems to be more of a short-term instant payment to kind of on yeah. the front end of things. Now, again, I, I would hope that then there would be other things they do down well, yeah, the line. It's like first aid. This wouldn't, yeah, yeah, this wouldn't be it, but um, I just did want to note that that it, it did. As far as I understand, he's not proposing proposing like Andrew Yang's $1,000 a month UBI at everyone over 18. It's more like let's get $1,000 a month in people's hands or $1,000 right now in people's hands so they can pay stuff off and then – go from there. Now, it's also interesting because Tulsi Gabbard had actually called for a bill that actually did try to put forward a bill that would pay Americans $1,000 per month, an actual income, yeah. not just a stipend or not a stipend, yeah. not just a, uh, a stimulus. Uh, however, I do believe that bill was shot down, I think, or I yeah. believe we're still in the, we're still in limbo on that. I'll, I'll do more digging on that. Uh, and they also mentioned that the House did pass a bipartisan emergency coronavirus spending bill last week. And the bill required paid sick leave for some workers, though large companies and more than 500 employees are exempted and provides increased nutrition benefits as well as free testing for COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus. 
which interesting. I, I I've kind of tried to think into more why they'd exempt employers over five hundred over five hundred. I think yeah, it's usually five hundred or less. I it's never five hundred or more. They're exempting the big ones though, is because I I got the feeling I watched the the was it the press conference Trump had last. On Friday, I think yeah. it was maybe Thursday, uh-huh. when he brought up the Walmart executive, the Target executive, the CVS executive, the Walgreens executive, and then like one more executive came up, and all of them said, "We insure you. We will have things on shelves. We will have infrastructure. We are donating part of our parking lot for drive-through testing." It seems like the the federal government's response is to extraordinarily heavily lean on our private sector, our main thing. Yeah, it is one of the strengths America does have. I mean, people are saying, "But the toilet paper." I'm like, people are saying, "Like, oh, look at capitalism." I'm like, dude. In capitalism, every single person in a hundred mile radius can panic buy toilet paper like four days in a row before it's like, yeah, we got to wait a week for more. <laughs> like, it, it isn't like you go there, buy it off the shelf, yeah. and it never comes back. It's like yeah. it came back every day or so for a while. I think out well, here in Los Angeles, forget. we just now hit where it was off shelves for two days. And then guess what? I think yesterday I heard Costco. I mean, there's the famous video of the Danish guy in the toilet paper factory, and it's like a 20 foot high factory. Floor to ceiling yeah. stacked. He's like, guys, there's more. We have to yeah. just ship it. Like, there's it more. Is, it it isn't it. gone, you know? And uh, Yeah, and that is one of the biggest frustrations, this whole corona thing. And I won't just get into my frustrations about corona, but it's like the food supply, the water supply, the nothing supply is threatened other than the amount of beds that we have in a hospital for a hospitalized population. So let's keep the medical supply of beds at a, uh, you know, at, at the right balance. And... um for well, I me, Cody, I, I'm not prepared, I, right? Like we well, live, we live in earthquake area. You probably should have like a month or so of food on hand. People didn't. I think yeah. that was the problem. I, I just, well, also I, I, I take heart when America finally relies on its private sector because my entire life, there's been examples during emergencies where the public sector couldn't get it done. And then finally, once they relied on the private sector, it happened overnight, some examples that come to mind was the overpasses on the 5 and the 14 freeway that collapsed in the 94 earthquake. They couldn't get any of it done. And, you know, and after a couple of weeks, they're finally like, hey, let's just have a private firm build it. And then, boom, within 48 hours, you know what I'm saying? Things were starting to get signed, sealed, and delivered, and there was a construction crew there. Also, here with Corona, you look at um, the CDC for two weeks tried to come up with a test, and they couldn't do it. So, finally... The, you know, the, the Trump administration says, no, go to the private sector. And within two days, within 48 hours, they've got a test with like 400,000 slated for manufacture and delivery within the next 72 hours. You know, made for the most common machine in most medical labs. But I mean, it is worth noting America is also a country that just by design, being a very, you know, heavily... Just by design, we are set up where the private sector is going to have to carry a lot of weight when anything happens, right? I mean, yeah. for example, what happened in World War II? Did the did the Americas? Yeah, the, we did the American government's uh, automi- automobile factories do it, or was it Henry Ford's automobile factories who built the tanks? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of and uh, the, the Singer is, factory making the Colt 1911. Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the idea <laughs> is we have a lot of we have a lot of great industry in this country. Let's lean on it. And I think that's what we're seeing here a little bit. Um, I want to get just a teeny back, and here's the action. Axios article that's going over about what they're talking about with this. Um, it is. I will say the numbers funny. A thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's not. I'm not gonna. Andrew Yang didn't get this. Didn't get his ideas. You know, on top of a mountain. You know, uh, shot down a lightning bolt. I think he read these things as well. It's like that you just can't, seems to be a good round number, right? Yeah. You can't say that Andrew Yang did not permanently put a wrinkle in the zeitgeist 
of American economic theory with this thousand dollars a month when that is consistently the only number that anybody's ever referencing. Well, it's, it's a good round number. Yeah, it's a you good know. Round number. Yeah. But it's beyond good round numberness. Two thousand is a good round number. Five hundred is a good round number. You know, one hundred's a good round number. There's no, thousands of good round numbers. If the government said it was giving people five hundred dollars, people would just be like, nowadays it'd be like, like if, don't get me wrong, I love yeah. five hundred dollars, but it's yeah, that's like what like for some people it's like, well, I guess that's yeah. like my power bill and like a car payment. And so like anyway, a phone um, bill and I, I do like how this says, uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but I, I would like to read the opening sentence because I can't think of a time I've heard this word show up in journalism in a very long time. Now that the Federal Reserve has fired its monetary policy bazooka, <laughs> they're calling this a monetary policy bazooka. It is ridiculously drastic message. I mean, I mean, just think about. Uh-huh. And this is I get, get I get that this is not everything I'm describing here is not with the not the Fed, but what yeah. the Fed has done is announced two emergency interest rate cuts and as many weeks. Didn't we have, and I get this is this is the stock market, but just talking about the American, you know, kind of economy. Yeah. How many days in a, maybe not consecutive, but last week, how many days did they have to freeze, did they have to freeze trading because the market was well, crashing? You mean so the long? circuit breakers that automatically yeah. kick in? Yeah, but what I mean is like. If, it, yeah, if you lose 5%, yeah. they pause trading for 15 minutes. But it it yeah. kept happening because the market, the market kept dropping for days. And well, like, I, it only happened twice, right? I think so, but my point being yeah. is that like just there's been a very bad few weeks for the American yeah. economy, and on top of this, I, I don't know if this was the Fed. There was a what? A, I think that was yeah the 1.5 trillion dollar injection into the stock market as well. Like drastic measures have like I guess what I'm trying to say is this: American financial institutions have already taken severely drastic measures. They've freeze. They've paused all student loan interest. Like the notion that giving a thousand dollars a month to every American would be this bridge too far, drastic economic measure. It's like, dude, we've already done crazy drastic measures multiple times over the last like 12 days. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the, the Fed saying there's we, well, our interest rates functionally zero and we're going to, and here's like, that I don't think normal. it's fair to, I no, it, it's fair to say it's not normal. Cause yeah. yes, it's not normal. Uh, the circuit breaker kicking in on the trading floor hasn't happened since 1997. And it happened twice in like three or four days. <laughs> yes, but but you have to remember, just like there's a circuit breaker in your house, you can't really say, oh, it's been a bad week for the Ellis family because the circuit breaker went off twice. Uh, no, that just means Why that- Why did the stock market go down? Right? Yes, That's I, the I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to downplay the gravity of the situation as much as I'm trying to say- Safety measures working doesn't necessarily be, mean that it's been, a, 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 I don't want to say a bad week or a bad month, but I'm just saying it would have been worse if they were without it. And just because safety mechanisms kick in doesn't necessarily mean that we need to panic. It means that we just need to take a step back, take a breather, see what's going on and reanalyze and go Hold forward. Hold on. Are you saying that? <clears throat> you're saying that so... People panic selling to a to a, such a degree something an emergency stopgap that has had to be in place in twenty years was called into action twice. Yeah, but it's that day that be like eh, whatever, after the though. fifteen minute no, break, the stock market rallied by the end end I'm, of the day. I'm not saying the market's over. So. I'm not saying I'm not saying buy gold and head to the hills. I'm just saying, dude, like it's it's been bad. Like it really has. I mean, to get back to those actual supporting, that's the couple things I want to touch on in here. 
they mentioned here that um, market watchers of all stripes agree that the Fed's tools alone are insufficient to counter the damage likely to be done to the U.S. economy from the coronavirus outbreak and shutdown of businesses that has already begun. Yeah. We have Fed Chair Jerome Powell admitting as much during his pre press conference yesterday saying, we don't have the tools to reach individuals and particularly small businesses and other businesses and people who may be out of work. Yeah, that's your that community. Is where, that is where the government giving money to the people. Because, yeah. Obviously, the the it, I I would agree the federal government giving every household a thousand dollars because the stock market crashed would be a weird response, right? It's like, yeah. well, but like, what? Like, does everyone own stock? I don't get it. However, finding getting a thousand dollars to the hands of everybody because Target cut down their staffing by eighty percent because you used to work at a a a, 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 a rental car agency and they've closed. Because like the, it's hard to reach them with actions from the Fed or from the 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 stock market or from the, even even more like with the executive branch aside from signing a bill that gives everyone money right it's kind of hard to truly trickle down quickly to all those people it, it doesn't work that way you really do need to find a way to get money into people's hands and I do think it's very interesting to see the Fed and I mean. It does seem like the Fed has kind of ran through probably most of their emergency tools already. Yeah. I have to imagine he's like, dude, I. I mean, you can't reduce what? interest rates yeah. beyond zero. Yeah, I can't. You know? I, we can't give negative. <laughs> I can't start paying you. <laughs> Actually, some people argue against the idea that you can't have negative interest well, you, you rates. Can, but, but, yeah. but like I'm just saying, like it's like, well, at a certain point though, once you get to negative interest, the agreement is like zero interest is one thing. Negative interest, we've made a new agreement. You know what I mean? No, yeah. we no longer have the same agreement. But also, they get some quotes here from friend of the show. He has no uh -huh. idea we exist, but I think he's cool. Uh, this is a professor, Gregory Mankow, who I believe, uh, yep. or Mankiw, sorry, who I believe- We've quoted him a lot. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think he literally wrote the book on macroeconomics. Like, if you, if you go learn macroeconomics at American yeah. University, he wrote it. So, um, he says, you need to help people get over time when working is impossible for some occupations and discourage people who have symptoms from leaving their homes just to get a paycheck. 1000 per person sounds about right. Uh, and then he expands. He's He's been- pretty on the I don't remember actually him weighing in on UBI as much he was a lot more on board with Andrew Yang's uh, version of the uh, the value added tax than he was a wealth tax he was just big on like the wealth taxes don't work because they don't yeah um and then there's one other person I want to get to, which is former Fed senior economist Claudia Sam warns that using helicopter money could be dangerous and is seen as the nuclear option inside the Fed can I, so I, can I pause you for a second there uh, are you familiar with the term helicopter money more or less What's interesting to see, I, I've heard this floating around and I've actually talked to some of my financial advisor and uh, not people to get a certified CPA. I think it's called CFA, which is like a certified financial analyst. You know, the people that do the whole Wolf of Wall Street thing. Right. And UBI is considered by many people a helicopter money um uh, well, there's actually some great quotes here from a former uh, yeah situation because and if you read it on Wikipedia, it's basically just when the Fed starts making payments directly to individuals. Yeah, well, actually, hold on. I, yeah, I take keep, it. Okay, we'll take it going. right from former Fed senior economist Claudia yeah. Sam. She's talking right about this stuff. She says the political ramifications of the Fed essentially printing money and giving it to the people. There are ways to do this, but the problem is if the Fed does this and Congress still has not passed anything, that would mean the Fed has stepped in and done something that yeah. Congress didn't want to do. And then she gets to the bottom of it, and this is what worries me, though, is the second bullet point. Because um, she's talking about, from her opinion, what was the kind of mood and, and temperament. Yeah. Like, inside, like the, inside the, you know, the, the largest, the, the Fed, which is the, what's the official name for it? It's like the, the, the Federal Bank. People we owe, the people of the United States owe money anyway. Um, 
they definitely know that they could print money and give it to people. Like, yeah. that isn't some, like, what? We could do yeah. that? But this is what she says. If they did helicopter money without congressional approval, Congress could, and rightly so, end the Fed. It yeah. is literally, so, the way I'm reading into this, please let me know if I'm wrong, but the way I'm reading this is from their perspective, it's, it's not even like the nuclear option is so much as it's just like the-, the You could cheat on your wife, like the, but it'll end the marriage. Well, yeah, it's like, you know? it's like yeah. the game over option. To them, they it's, it seems functionally without congressional approval, this is something that people inside the Fed see as basically a, a self-sacrifice, more or less, of um, a self-deletion, so to speak, of their existence. Uh, it's just very, very interesting uh, to see. Now, again, Congress also could just approve something. So that's yeah. not a problem. But like, why don't they just act like adults? But, but, but whatever. I think an issue right now is, and let's see if I can find the article. I believe it was in The Hill they were talking about this. Um, we have the airline industry right now calling for $50 billion in assistance. And I believe on top of that, um, various uh, health insurers had just gone to the United States government and asked for another $1 billion. Like, yeah. it's it's not like nobody's trying to get money right now. It's not... Because yeah. trust me, if an airline has to fire all its employees, it also has to ground all of its plays. Planes. Like, it isn't yeah. like... It isn't like they fired all their employees. This is the one thing that I do want to touch on at the end. We've gone a little bit longer than I thought, but I, I do want to address this because part of the thing I wanted to really address is the fact that a one-time stimulus payment is not UBI. Don't uh, the only reason why I say it like that, don't settle for it. Don't say, oh, cool, we got our stimulus. Now, good, we should have, but like UBI is a separate thing for separate reasons. But this is the big thing. The big part of Andrew Yang's UBI was going to be paid in large part by a value-added tax. Here's the thing. When I ground my airplanes, I'm, I'm adding no value. I'm making no money. You can't take money from me. When I'm yeah. closing my stores, yeah, I'm not paying my employees. I'm not making money either. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was saying Walmart and Jeff Bezos have a chance to go into like, like Walmart and Amazon. If those Amazon trucks keep running and those Walmart stores stay open, I'm, they're going to be valued in ridiculous levels because we, we are, that's we are the other realistically thing is, approaching a point where there might be in the United States of America, by and large, some local options. A few, it, you know what? It's gonna start feeling like some weird authoritarian country where it's like, oh yes, you yeah. can go to the government Walmart or the government's Target, and it's like, yeah. wow, this is weird. But we're kind of headed towards there for the brief, for the short term, for the short term, right? Yeah, there will con be conspiracy theories about the large corporations that survive this having created it. There will be video games made about it and movie scripts written about it. Because ultimately, all of these measures... Already a lot of conspiracy theories about who, about how this thing started. Yeah, all of these measures are destroying the little guy, the small business, the mom and pop that can't survive or ask for a stimulus from the government. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's just brutal out there. And, and it, it, a silver lining is that people are starting to see benefits of different capitalist programs than the one we have right now, such as UBI capitalism that starts at a thousand dollars a month instead of zero dollars a month. Um, but we'll see if they can get it done. I mean, my only, my only cynicism about this, and I, and I usually don't like speaking in a cynical manner, but, uh, just as the Axios article said, you know, it's, it, it's really questionable whether or not with the dysfunction in Washington, something bold could be done. And as much as I'm as I'm a conservative person in many regards, uh, fiscally, um, I'm also smart enough to know that you can't always expect slow growth and slow change. 
you know, in World War II, we never would have gotten there without bold action. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there are times when there must be bold action and a dysfunctional Congress is really what's wrong with America. It's not an individual president president or an individual government program or an individual Fed. It is the the, the conglomeration of the 100 senators and the 528 congressmen that can't get their jobs done. To your point, uh, Andrew Yang, actually, I'm going to I'm going to crop it. So you guys that Andrew. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you remember this tweet. This This is epic. This this is a great way to end the video. So anyway, Andrew Yang retweeted this individual. Zach Carter. Zach Carter is a senior reporter for Huffington Post. Um, As far as I know, in no way, some Nancy Pelosi adversary. I I just assume he's a reporter for Huffington Post. They seem, by and large, pretty friendly with the Democratic establishment in D.C. like most media outlets are. No flame. Anyway, check this out. He says, Nancy Pelosi is officially to the right of Tom Cotton on economic support for American families. This is a total failure of Democratic Party leadership. And it is is really weird seeing the fact—now, here's the thing. I mean, if Mitt Romney and Tom Cotton are leading the charge— like, like, really, who are the lefties okay. caring about the, the underdog? Remember, Mitt Romney. <laughs> you know, who Mitt are the Romney, liberals now? Mitt Romney wasn't invited to CPAC. Remember, like, Mitt Romney's yeah. not exactly, like, some, like, big-time Republican anymore. Even they ran president. But I'm just trying to point out that, like, e- even in the House, you are seeing this sense of, like, why are we seeing the, just in the majority majority of the House right now, why are they dragging their feet on something like this? Like, why why is why are we seeing people like Tom Cotton and Mitt Romney coming forward and saying, hey, why don't we give $1,000 to people right now? Like, uh, we saw, like, to your point, uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is in the House, she did come around to this. It's not like all d- Democrats are against it, but yeah, there does seem to be some issues with... Uh, Political hottie. I think at this point, you disagree with me if you want, this has been a... The history books probably aren't going to be kind to this run as speaker of Nancy Pelosi. It's been a rough yeah. impeachment, fa- like a lot of just things that didn't that that failed, like things she tried to do that with, didn't with, work with a hatred that people won't be familiar yeah. with forty years from but, now. Like, exactly, yeah, that won't, that doesn't go in history books. Yeah, we, what what how the, much we hated the orange man doesn't yeah. go in the fi- history books, but a bunch of failures do. Yeah, just the fact that they tried impeachment didn't work, and then if we see a if we now it's early, but I'm just saying if it seems like there's issues in the just in congress with getting this guy phrases it well economic support for american families i mean like if that seems to be another failure of the uh it'd just be it'd be a rough legacy for nancy pelosi but hey you know what though it's the what's the what's the way they phrase that it's like uh she gets she gets to be the speaker of the house. It goes both ways. Like, yeah, yeah it sucks that like all these things that maybe weren't one thousand percent only your responsibility are going to get blamed on you. But you also got to be the speaker of the house. It, yeah. Like, you didn't have to have either happen, right? But I don't yeah. know. It just it, I just to your point, I thought I was interesting pointing out the dysfunction. We're now seeing people look up and say, why are we having partisan bickering still over like, like. People we know, like a bunch of people with paycheck to paycheck in this country, and that first pay- missed paycheck is coming up quickly. We need to react, and seeing people drag their feet, it's disheartening. And there's people in politics who normally, I'm not gonna, you know, get into this guy's head. I'm just saying there's people in politics who normally aren't like freaking out about some of the stuff. It's going like, yeah, this is weird. Why, why, why am I sympathizing with Tom Cotton on economic relief for American families right now? They, that seems to be something that you would think Nancy Pelosi would want to take the the not the high ground, but just. It'd be a platform she'd be interested in. I don't know. There's, of course, way more going on behind the scenes. I don't want to, you know, get lost in the weeds. But I just, to your point, thought that was funny that yeah. we're seeing just kind of other people like wake up and look around, like, yeah, why is this giving money to people? It's funny now. So hard yeah. for you to why the resistance? How it's does like, this not compute on the supposed left when you have a bunch of 
like right wingers out there saying we need to give money away. Like I just, I don't know. It's weird. It, but it is kind of interesting. The only state that really has something close to UBI uh, is, is Alaska, the most red state out. There. I I can't think of a more conservative state out there than freaking Alaska. But again, like, like not UBI, even North or South Dakota. It's, it's like a once a year. It's not really like, like you could. It's technically it's like two a, grand a month. I mean, sorry, two grand a year. That's what I mean. So I wish it was two grand that's a month. That's what I mean. Yeah. Two grand a year. It's, no. it's, 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 it's a nice little, it's basically that's like. That's a fatty tax return no, that's what I mean. every year. You get, a, you get a big tax return. Yeah. And, and, but now, hold on. Does that now sound, does that not sound more like a Republican state now where you just get a big tax return at the end of the year? Uh, yeah, but but no, this is a true giveaway. And, and, and it just, I find it ironic. But also, hold on. I find it ironic Are you moving that to the Alaska? reddest state has what many would consider the most socialist policy. Okay, but. In a vacuum, perhaps. You move into Juno. You're gonna go to Juno this winter, and like, dude. It, no, Alaska, but there are some beautiful small villages hey, I would live in in Alaska. Trust in a me, Alaska in summer is absolutely gorgeous. I've been there a couple times in the summer. It's, yeah. it's really, it really, Alaska really is not Juno, but maybe Anchorage I'm in a ritzy okay, neighborhood. Yeah. No. I'm just, I'm glad that America owns. owns it's really cool, but they have Alaska. Also, it's just worth noting does have a problem with um, population. Just people don't want to move to Alaska. Because you're not actually. Let's on, do it, Cody. Problem not, solver politics well, from Alaska. Think about it. Like when you're in Hawaii, you're literally on an island. So stuff is like you're yeah. not literally on an island in Alaska. But dude, trust me, trucks aren't running up to Alaska yeah. the way they run. It's they, they get. It's almost like living on an island, but you're not. It really does, in a lot of ways, of describe people do describe it as kind of like that, like last like frontier territory where yeah. there isn't that much infrastructure straight up connecting it. So it's a lot of boats, a lot of planes. I don't know, but anyway. Bush planes in Alaska. I, I'm just saying, there, there's a reason why Alaska is more friendly to a concept paying people to live there, and it's because you actually Californians are the paying one to live here. People, <laughs> people like me live in California, and hey, I hate this place. God, I want to leave, and I'll yeah. still live here because it's nice enough. Like, I don't think there's very many people who like kind of pay lip service to not liking Alaska and wanting to. Live. I think a lot of them are like, you know what? Uh, the ones who live there probably do like it. The ones who don't probably do leave. And I don't know. I, I just think it, it is. It's the kind of state it is where it's, they're not. People aren't flooding Alaska. But you know what? With all this coronavirus stuff, I would be surprised if Alaska had to implement any serious social distancing or whatever. Like, yeah. it's, they're probably all right up there in Alaska, man. I think all of the microbes just froze already, <laughs> you know, well, in just, Alaska. It's just, it's just traveling. It's like the frost oh, line yeah. is too thick. They don't, you know, it, does, it doesn't stay in places long enough. So, anyway, um, let us know what you guys think in the comments below. If you haven't had a chance to join the channel, please consider joining. It's a great and inexpensive way to keep us corporate sponsorship free and keep these video content coming to you uh check us out on your favorite podcast platform now we're on all the podcast platforms and make sure that if you haven't yet please like this video or share it with your friends if you find it important that helps us all out with the google algorithms this is problem solver politics we'll see you guys in the next video